Welcome to Sacred Guidance with Stella Muse. Merging sacred sexuality, spirituality, and soul with truth, love, wisdom, and beauty. I'm your host, Elise Carr. Are you ready to come journey with me? Hi, stunning souls, and welcome to Sacred Guidance with Stella Muse. I'm your host, Elise Carr, and I know as I record this in real time, we're facing a pretty challenging time, although now like pretty much the most of our entire existence could be said to be challenging because we're living in what's called Kali Yuga. It's the dark phase of humanity, but maybe we really are feeling it now more than ever. And that's why I'm sharing with you today the seven mystical truths for traveling the sacred path, a conscious path, however you want to term it, in crazy times. Because when you are committed to walking a conscious path of choosing love over fear, even in the most challenging and chaotic, unfamiliar and uncertain times, you can begin to see from the mind's eye, see clearly, right? You can begin to sense and eventually know that there's only a going forward, not a going back, not to who you were when you were younger or last year or yesterday, that what was normal before is no longer. You begin to awaken to divine paradox, to the truth and wisdom of your spirit-filled survival bag, we might say, to the sacred that is within you, which you've known all along but have been unaware of. And let's call that part your soul. So as always, what I'm sharing with you today is only a drop in the ocean, the beautiful, majestic ocean of our existence. And if it does speak to you and you'd like more, especially if you're feeling isolated, alone, going through some big challenges, or perhaps there's something really specific you need some sacred guidance on, then please reach out to me at elise at stellamuse.com, wherever you are in the world, to explore how we can work together one-on-one. But back to today's topic. And one fair question right about now is, well, how do I get from where I am now in this craziness, perhaps feeling fear, worry and uncertainty, to deeper awareness in the here and now, where your higher self, your soul, patiently waits for you to be? How do I travel, perhaps you're asking, the path in harmony and flow with the duality of this life? So I have some insightful truths that, yes, your soul knows well, but perhaps your present self in this craziness, let's call it your personality or lower nature or the fearful or worrisome part of you might need some reminding of today. So let's kick off with the mystical truth number one, and that's your own personality is your most unrelenting challenger. That's right. Your personality, it's part of what you think you are, not someone else or someone else's stuff. Your personality is made up of three vehicles or bodies we talk about, and those being your physical and etheric body, your emotional or feeling body, and your mind or mental body. These three bodies, arguably four, if you want to separate the physical and etheric, these, along with the control and influence they have over you are the challenge that you're faced with 
daily. Not sure how that works? Well, you might want to take note of how these bodies work, how they react individually and as a collective personality nature. So reactions are heavily governed by your emotional astral body. How your personality thinks, worries, what it says and how you talk, even how it manipulates, this is your mind or mental body. And then what about your behaviour? This is your physical part of your personality. Those desires that only benefit you, those cravings, habits you can't stop repeating and even addictions that take you over. The more you get to really know yourself, you can better understand the power over you. If you've got a journal handy or you can pause and grab one or come back to these later, I've got some questions you might want to muse on. And one of those is, do your behaviours, feelings and thoughts bring you joy or create pain, fear and suffering? So ask yourself, do my behaviours, my feelings, my thoughts bring me joy or peace or calm or harmony or connection or ease? Or do they create pain for me? Do they make me feel fearful? Do they make me feel like I'm suffering? And the next question is, are you able to choose between what is right and what is not serving you? And a little add-on to this is, is this too hard? Are you quite challenged between not only knowing what's right and what's not serving you, but actually choosing between them, making the right choice for you? And what about Do you have desire to change anything? Or are you content to just go along just as you are, knowing you're missing out on much? Just a little secret between you and I. Your personality nature knows nothing of truth. Only of fear and constant wanting of worldly pleasures. Have you noticed this? Some continual wanting of things and stuff on some level at all times is kind of there like a little bit of noise in the background, often worried or fearful of something perhaps, that's maybe how it's appearing for you. But if your choice is between a life of this suffering and worry, some of which you cannot control, or how about a life of harmony, of poise, inner calm, love, and finding your unique way of contributing to this world, which do you choose? I trust you choose love, but that choice is entirely yours to make. You may want to check in with your three lower bodies and see where you can begin some inner work here. No, it's not easy, but I am here to guide you if that's what you want. But for any change in your world, your life to take place, that change must first come from within. And it all starts with a choice. Let's look at mystical truth number two. What appears to be chaos happening to you or around you or in your world is a blessing of the teachings in disguise. A gift that will reveal itself in time, let's say. When we don't know or have all the information, or even have the ability to truly understand something, 
we're called up to develop inner fortitude and patience. I'd also add to that resilience. To take a step back and let your emotional reaction, attachment or overwhelm of the madness and chaos to settle so you can welcome the gift in. Light will shine through the darkness if you are open to receive in the way it appears before you. Not only how you want it to look, but open to however it appears. For there are often times when what we want is not what we need. But when we get what we need, we realise it was what we ultimately wanted all along. That's a true gift at any time. But of course, it doesn't always seem so simple. We often choose bigger or shinier, more feel-good things in life, especially when we're already challenged, like those quick fixes or maybe that second helping of ice cream or more buying of stuff online. Perhaps you've been there before. And of course, we want to feel good, better, happier. But those are the quick fixes of the illusionary world. I say illusionary as the feel-good part is an illusion. How so, perhaps, you ask? Because it doesn't last. It's like clutching at smoke. When you open your hand, it's gone. It's a fleeting moment of erotic pleasure, of a yummy taste in your mouth, of blissful ignorance, of an exhilarating ride in a fast car, or the thrill of something new. That something being anything. It doesn't last. And then that ever insatiable desire nature of more, better, shinier, sexier is back. If you only continue repeating this pattern, you will miss the offering of change. You will continue to ignore the opportunities of growth. When you welcome the chaos as an old friend and invite it to your table to share a meal, You confront the fear it brings up in you. You essentially confront your fear. Its control over you then diminishes. You embrace what it brings and especially what it offers. You may sit with it a time, talk it out, sort it through, get help or guidance to do so. But you do not continue to fear the unknown it seems to threaten you with. Now, You may be familiar with Buddha's Four Noble Truths. I have done an entire episode on this in great depth as well. If it speaks to you to go deeper, you can find that episode to enjoy. Now, I share this as Buddha came to his Four Noble Truths through his enlightenment and simplified they are the truth of suffering, which means we know it's there. We all suffer. The cause of suffering. The end of suffering and the path that leads to the end of suffering. These four truths unveil that the energy of desire enables us to actively be in this world. Actively as in live, take action, be action. But without right direction, this desire can stay as our lower nature desire. That craving for sensations, feelings, things we pursue to experience daily, worried or fearful, dissatisfied and suffering if we don't get them, staying controlled by desire, thus, as Buddha realised and then taught, this only keeps you separated from your highest potential, 
from your true happiness, from your true self. It is when we learn to endure suffering, call it challenge, heartache, pain, loss, crisis and endings or fear, that we then realise the external focus, along with trying to grip and wrestle, even manipulate and control, must cease. And instead, we must turn our focus, our desire, and thus our energy inward. It is in the inward search that the energy of desire is transformed into something higher, something of love and wisdom, light and beauty. We can call it a connection to that which is greater, your own soul, the pool of souls or source itself. Gert Biesta defines the art of teaching in The Beautiful Risk of Education. In this, he offers many thought-provoking concepts for us to muse on, including some questions which can be applied here to our fears and especially to our desires. And some of these questions are, is that which I desire desirable? Is it what I should desire for my own life, for my life with others on this planet? What would it mean for this desire to grow or diminish or transform? Perhaps write down your answers. Create some time and space to sit with them and ask yourself these questions. When in chaos, invite fear to dinner and sit with the truth of your own desire nature. Start to really get to know you. And now to the third mystical truth. One clear soul is more powerful than a chaotic group of people. Quite simply, Be the clear soul, my friend. Chaos and crisis upon the path are inevitable. But at any point of crisis, you have a choice. You can allow the personality to control and fear to take over. Or you can accept that in life of every practical mystic, if that's how you relate, crisis will come. You might think of this as, yes, you'll be tested, especially if you're seeking greater consciousness and a connection to that which is real, beautiful, wise and true. In any point of crisis, your choices are either involuntary, meaning you are controlled by external powers, or you are captive and controlled by your own personality nature, or Your choices are voluntarily made. When you make a choice, either way, you'll then be standing at a crossroads, what we say esoterically as a point of tension. With the decision behind you and the next step you're about to take becoming clearer in your mind as it also influences your attitude toward the future. And when this tension has served its purpose and ceases, There is then a point of emergence, a coming through and from the chaos, challenge or darkness you have just experienced and an emerging into the new. I ask you now, when you are challenged, how do you behave? 
Do your thoughts become stressful, negative or worrisome? Do your emotions impact and influence your entire day? Do you have less energy or motivation? Are you part of the chaos of a group, sometimes called the collective consciousness in regards to greater humanity? Or are you joining fellow clear souls to being calmer in the storm, a bearer of light and a server of love? One way will drain you. One way will uplift, inspire, motivate and awaken you. And now to the fourth mystical truth. Humility is your superpower. Channel it. Use it. The flip side, of course, is humiliation. What has been said to be your greatest weakness. And like all of us, you have likely felt humiliation in your life on more than one occasion. Maybe even just mentioning this brings a clear memory up for you of such a time. But you do not need to choose this path again. You can instead be the heroine or hero of your life and take the humble middle way, as Buddha and the Buddhists say, or the razor-edge path, as we call it, in esotericism instead. Knowing that it is through the process of experiment, experience and expression that you as the practical mystic, the soul walking this path, will spiral onwards and upwards. We also remain humble for no matter how far we walk along the way, no matter what we achieve, gain, do, give or are, we are students here in this world here to continue learning, evolving, and growing. Humility is a quality we can all strive to fully embody. Maybe just have a little moment of self-reflection here. How do you relate to humility? Would you say that you are humble? How do you respond to praise? How do you respond to criticism? And what about when you're challenged or in crisis? Does it become dramatic or is it calm and poised? Are you able to find that inner humility, connection, calm? And now to the fifth mystical truth. What is freaking scary and frightening is the sacred path, the right path to take. So what looks comfy and safe is your personality or fear talking. Kind of going, yeah, this looks a bit easy. Let's go here. Easy isn't always better. I'll just share that little tip with you as well. Choosing the sacred path is the route to growth, expansion, awakening, enlightenment, being the greatest version of you possible. Like the fear of the unknown right before you leap into something new. It could also be butterflies or trepidation, exhilaration or nervous worry. But nothing is stagnant or still that is alive. 
We must know and come to experience that true peace comes with understanding. It resides in the hearts of those who live in the eternal. There is a power that makes all new. It lives and moves in all who know themselves as one. And when I say one with a capital O, I mean that we are all connected as one, unified, at one mint, as some of the sacred texts term it. That there need not be fear if you know yourself, for knowing yourself is knowing all that is. You are, after all, the microcosm of the macrocosm, or, as the esoteric truism goes, as above, so below. I ask you, do we need to feel the fear and worry that we do? Does it help you? Can we instead embrace what is, change what we can, and know that if we cannot go around something, if we cannot go under it or over it, that as the story goes, that you might have grown up with like I did, we must go through it. We must go through it. It is inevitable that this will be challenging or you may at times feel challenged and scared or frightened, especially in uncertain times. But if you have the inner strength and fortitude to go within, realise your thoughts are not you, your emotions are not you, and your default reactions are not you, they are all just a personality you have created, then you can control them. Even if you cannot control the outer world, you can stop the fear you feel and the scary thoughts you have and the frightened way you may react. Sit with this a moment. Whatever has scared or worried or frightened you recently or stressed you, whatever has kept you up at night, what if it is an opportunity for something new, better, a fresh start? What if going through this will lead to a brighter tomorrow on the other side? How will that look? Can you shift your energy and attention there to that fresh perception, to that new perspective? Because for where attention goes, energy flows. Mystical truth number six. What is big is actually small. What is small is actually big. Think about this. You have many reference points that you can refer to along your journey so far. You are refining your perception here and getting clearer and clearer still in how you respond as opposed to react to situations, others, yourself. And this ties nicely with our fifth truth we just explored. There are times in life when something big happens You lose your job. You don't know how to pay rent. You're separated from a loved one. There is sickness or illness, suffering and loss. Sometimes the biggest things we think are the worst or even perhaps the most amazing. 
But what if these big things, however we see them, grand or horrible, are not so? What if they are essential for growth, change, new order, opportunity? What if the big catastrophe is making way for something simple that may seem tiny but grows and grows into a tiny new way of life? Because from little things, big things grow. A seed can become a hundred metre high tree, home and shelter to many, joining an entire ecosystem. What is something big that happened to you when you were younger that now didn't seem that impactful? Or if it seemed bad, hard, brought suffering initially, was actually a blessing? What is something seemingly small that has stayed with you, that you carry in your heart and memory? Where do you place your emphasis? Do you make small things big unnecessarily? Do you minimise big things to take the ignorance as bliss or the head in the sand approach to life? Or maybe it's the humble approach. Get real with yourself. Be honest. If you can't think off the top of your head, perhaps start with revisiting key moments in your life. Or sit with them now. And how you are relating to all this that is happening. And how you are experiencing it as it unfolds. And now to our final mystical truth. Number seven. Working in harmony with the universe, source, God. However you term or relate to it. Through prayer meditation, mindfulness, etc. influences all of life. Try to control and dominate a person or situation and it will only destroy you. Now, I use the word prayer because some people really relate to it, but this need not be religious for the record. It is a mystical, spiritual act, a practice to communicate with that which is greater than you while opening to guidance. And meditation, well, that need not be anything specific. You don't need to take a set form or even do it for longer than five minutes each morning. Find what works for you. And mindfulness, maybe it's a simple exercise you commit to daily with the aim of bringing calm and peace while also strengthening your ability to concentrate and fill the mind with presence. This may be a connection to your higher self, your soul group, to all souls, to God or a deity or source divine. However, you identify with that which is greater, with the electric energy force that animates us and gives us the spark of life. It is not only working in harmony with what may feel like the unseen for some of us, but also the seen, that being with our fellow humanity. We call this group work. Just like you may have felt when you've been in a group, big or small, the power and the possibility, both within you as part of this collective and 
as a unified collective by being there and participating, actively being part of it. Maybe that's been singing in a choir in church for you or chanting in a yoga class, meditating together with others online with people from all around the world to bring more love and light and power to earth and all humanity. Or perhaps it's coming together in a group to read and discuss sacred, spiritual or thought-provoking texts. A treatise on cosmic fire tells us that the law of group progress is sometimes called the law of elevation for it concerns the mysteries of group realisation and expansions of consciousness and the part each unit plays in the general progress of a group. In relation to the human family, for instance, the truth must ever be borne in mind that no human atom arrives at fullness of life without adding much to the general nature of his own group. As you may have heard me say, we are here after all to give and receive, to give again. When we do this as a group, as a unified, ever-expanding group of clear souls, we will be travelling the path together to help all. Now you may like to re-listen to these seven mystical truths. Let them wash over you, or perhaps go back and answer some of those questions that I posed for you. These may seem logical or frustrating, complex or wise. That's irrelevant. The aim here is to use them as a springboard to reprogram your mind or seeds to nestle deep into the rich, fertile soil of your psyche. To allow the mystical and esoteric, the obvious outer and the symbolic or hidden inner to weave its way deeper and deeper into your everyday so you can more effectively and efficiently change your reality inside and thus outside. So you can better know yourself and thus move closer to know all things, no matter how crazy the world around us gets. If these truths become your go-to truths, you will sense, feel and see shifts in how you think, respond and act. You can very well revolutionise your experience of life itself, not only for yourself, but for all those your light touches. If you choose to commit to this path, you will also soon come to know that your greatest power comes from inside you. For when you cannot control what is happening around you, and there may well be nowhere else to go, you are being asked to go within. As Marianne Williamson said, something very beautiful happens to people when their world has fallen apart. A humility, a nobility, a higher intelligence emerges at just the point when our knees hit the floor. Perhaps, in a way, that's where humanity is now, about to discover we're not as smart as we thought we were, We'll be forced by life to surrender our attacks and defences which avail us of nothing and finally break through into the collective beauty of who we really are. Today, my friends, I leave you with that thought. 
and I'm sending you much love in this time that may seem like darkness, but of course what comes after the darkness is the dawn of new light and new beginnings and new days. They will come. If today has spoken to you, please share this with a friend. Pass it on to someone you think might resonate or relate to it or perhaps needs some guidance right now. If you haven't already, do subscribe, rate and leave me a review. And if there's any way that I can serve you upon your path, feel free to reach out to me at elise at stellamuse.com to explore psychological and spiritual counsel, a blending of modern Western psychologies and sciences with the ageless wisdom of the East, blending Tantra and the esoteric, the Buddhist and the yogic. I'm here to serve you after all. Until next time, please take wonderful care of you and I look forward to reconnecting real soon right here on Sacred Guidance with Stella Muse. Mwah.